Happy Halloween, IBT family. We hope you guys are enjoying the holiday as much as we are. We got a loaded program for you tonight, including trade targets, free agent finds, and so much more. Kick back, relax, grab that bowl of candy. It's the IBT podcast coming at you. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. They don't know something they haven't seen. I find a gap on the screen and hit them right in between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. Just one thing to say. Yeah, what they don't know something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. In between fantasy football podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is October 31st, 2023, and yes, it is Halloween snitches. I am Seth Woolcock, no Scott Rainier, no Eric Romoff tonight. They had to take their kids trick-or-treating. Some real assholes they are. But nonetheless, <laughs> we are joined by a special guest, a former Christian rocker, a Toyota slinging, Razorback-loving motherfucker. He's the <laughs> founder of the Fancy Football Advice Network. He's Tyler Bradley. Tyler, thanks for uh, telling your kids to uh, skedaddle tonight and joining us. I didn't have to tell them to skedaddle. My kids were in bed by 730. That's, That's how the we- way you do it. <laughs> We yes, absolutely. We appreciate that. Uh, we we got the ref over here tonight. We appreciate you bringing out your outfit, Tyler. I am Josh from Drake and Josh, working at the Premier Theater. Tyler, is Drake and Josh something you're familiar with? Because I've talked about this with my aunt and uncle. They're in their like late thirties. They had no idea who what that program even was. Okay, first of all, I'm not in my late thirties yet. Okay, <laughs> I'm still thirty five. So. You know, I have till February before I actually tip okay. the scale in the okay. other direction. But I didn't watch much Drake and Josh, but I do know of Drake and Josh. I have watched Drake and Josh and seen it before. So I am not, or I am privy, should I say, to okay. the Drake and Josh uh, world. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. That was my childhood. I was excited when Katie came to the idea. She's like, hey, I'll make the costumes pretty much. You don't have to do a thing. You can wear jeans. You can wear some Nikes on the feet. Like, you're good to go. I'm like, all right, I'm in. So uh, (laughs) excited to be here with everyone enjoying the holiday. And we're loaded like a kid's candy basket today. I'll tell you what, man. Trade deadline reaction coming at you here. Trade targets are Halloween candy comps. And then from the forum, we're going to get to your guys' questions tonight. Let us know how we can help you in your fantasy football leagues as we head into week nine. The halfway point of the season is here. And then in the scope, some free agent finds. We're going to round out the show with that later on. And uh, also joining us tonight, guys, is the Professor X of this program, the Drake to my Josh. The red Power Ranger to my blue Power Ranger. He's Kyle Scott, our audio producer in the back end. Kyle, how are we doing tonight, my friend? Well, I'm doing fantastic. I'm loving all these comps. Great 
Great comps. I love being the Red Ranger. Thank you. You guys I, both look great. Today. I appreciate it. Good costumes. Tyler, I loved your work in Super Bowl 40. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have a sign outside our front door that says uh, Trick or Treaters buzz off. We got a podcast going on upstairs. <laughs> We appreciate you telling uh, t- t- telling the neighborhood kids to to scram and uh, making sure there's no interruptions here on the podcast tonight, man. I also want to welcome in the IBT family. They're ready to go n- tonight. And I, I just want to honestly say I feel delighted that you guys chose to spend part of your Halloween with us. You only get so many of these. So the, the, the fact that you guys are hanging out with us on it, bringing in the holiday, it means a lot to us. I know we just had our 19th hole show, our PGA DFS and uh, betting program earlier. I know you guys were over there. Bo was in a full vampire costume. Connor was the neighborhood drunk as usual. Um, but I appreciate everyone being here. We got Didi in the chat saying, Happy Halloween. Good evening, IBT from Albert. And uh, looks like Didi saying, I thought that, I thought that was your costume, Seth. Yeah, she knows. Dee Dee knows what's going on. Uh, a little salute to our guy Kyle in the back end as well. Let us know, guys, what you are doing here uh, for Halloween. Let us know if you guys got any parties left, if you had any parties this past weekend, what you're dressing up as. We'd love to hear that as well. Um, but, Tyler, we are loaded, man. A big trade uh, deadline came at us today in the NFL. So what do you say we jump into it? Let's do it. All right, let's do some front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place? Just try to have some fun. Ain't got to worry about signing up. What it means. Come and give me another because the night is young. All right, front and center. And I don't think it was the fireworks we wanted, Tyler. Um, but still, some, some pretty good moves going down in the NFL today, mostly on the defensive side of the ball. Leonard Williams going from the New York Giants to the Seattle Seahawks for a second and a fifth. And then Washington, they're trading out two of their stud defensive uh, linemen there. Chase Young going out to San Fran for a third and Montez Sweat to Chicago for a second. Your thoughts on these moves? First of all, first of all, uh, side note before that, every time I see that that video for uh, in or for this this segment, Mm -hmm. I just want a draft beer. Like I want ice cold draft beer, so that's awesome. But speaking of uh, of that, I, I don't know. It makes you wonder. Montez Sweat for a second, Chase Young for a third. Like you know the value there. Everybody had it the other way, you know. And you yeah. know, I was surprised honestly to see Sweat go because they were talking about. We we knew they were marketing Chase Young. We knew they were talking mm-hmm. about trading him. And you thought maybe they were going to keep Sweat. He'd been more productive, and maybe they get him for a little cheaper. Um, but to me, it just seems like this is the Redskins going, hey, sorry, Redskins, Commanders, sorry. I'm in my, I remember I'm in my 40s referee. <laughs> He's an old folk over here. Forgive him. Get the, get the old folks show over here. But, you know, like I just – it seems like they're throwing in the towel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – 
when you have Ron Rivera as the head coach, like I, I think the the upper organization here knows what's happening. I think this is going to be a rebuild over several years, and they're making that clear here. I want to talk about Chicago, though. Like, what the fuck's happening over there in Hallis Hall? Last year, you give up a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, who did nothing for your franchise, turns into Joey Porter Jr., basically a first-round pick, number 32 overall, and then you go out and trade for Montez Sweat when you're not a competitor this year. And it makes no sense to me, Tyler, because he was, an, he was going to be an unrestricted free agent after this season anyway. So unless he landed with a team that inked him right away, they had a good shot at getting him or Chase Young or some other good pass rushers in this 2024 class. So this one makes no sense to me. If I'm a Bears fan today, I'm pissed. I mean, are you just thinking that they like, you know, went home, slept on it and was like, you know, we could do it. We could come back, guys. Like, you know, like it just like popped off. <laughs> or just, they just wanted to spend capital because they were like, I don't know, we're the Bears and we're never going to we're never going to do it. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens. I mean, obviously they like sweat enough. They'll probably re-sign him or try to here. A but second you have to. Just just seems like a big swing for a team kind of in the middle there. Um, and then Chase Young to San Francisco. I think this is something we need to keep in mind. The 49ers have kind of been a, a rocky defense special teams if you tried to play in the last couple weeks. They've been consistent, but they haven't had that full ceiling. I think this can give them a little more ceiling. He'll probably start on that front end opposite of Bosa here. And then Leonard Williams to Seattle. The Seahawks defense special teams has been one of the best this season as well. They have a tough matchup this week, Tyler, but then they have a couple really easy ones. So I think I want to hold on to the Seahawks uh, the, the Seahawks defense if I can. Like if I can stomach rostering two defenses right now, they have the Ravens this week. I don't want to play them at the Ravens, but then they're going to come back and it's the Commanders and it's the Rams and we don't know what's going on uh, with Matthew Stafford out there in Los Angeles either. So, I think these are two defenses like like you hold them towards the end of the, the season here. You got to. I mean, you have to. Like San Francisco is already nasty. Then you put another like yeah. really strong pass rusher on the other side of Nick Bosa, right? Like I mean, they keep the 49ers keep doing stuff like that. It's like the let's go get this guy. <laughs> let's get this guy for a third, like, a third too. Like that's such yeah. a good value. So, yeah, I mean, both killer defenses and, you know, I, I would keep both of them. I don't care if they're in the same division, whatever. It's tis what it is. I yeah. want, you know. Let's talk about some of the offensive moves here. Josh Dobbs, he's going from Arizona to Minnesota for a seventh, sixth swap. So they pretty much got his rental services this year for free because that's pretty much what they gave up to Cleveland there. But I'm intrigued a little bit more about Minnesota now. I think Josh Dobbs is someone I wasn't even really considering uh, w when we saw Kirk Cousins go down with the Achilles over the weekend here, Tyler. And I was kind of hitting the panic button on guys like Jordan Addison, like uh, like TJ Hawkinson a little bit, and even wondering if Justin Jefferson would come back. I think Josh Dobbs can get it done there in Minnesota enough. They're still going to take a hit. Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. He puts a lot of mustard on the ball. And he's just a, he's a gunslinger, man. I don't think a Kirk Cousins gets enough credit in the NFL right now for how good of a quarterback he is. It's a step down going from Kirk Cousins to Josh Dobbs, but it's a whole lot better than it, it would have been if we were going with one of these young uh, rookies they have behind him. Yeah, this is one I had no idea was coming. Like when I thought about the candidates for, you know, to be traded there, I'm thinking, you know, I see a big alert this morning, Jameis Winston, 
work both sides working hard for yep. that trade. You know, I'm thinking of people like that. I'm not thinking about the current starter for the Arizona Cardinals. You know, I mean, we don't even know if this week Kyler's coming back. And I'm seeing stuff talking about it's going to be Kyler or Toon this week, maybe. They just still don't know. But I was I was not expecting like that was not even close to on the radar for me. I mean, I don't know about you if you no. saw Josh Jobs as a candidate, but when I saw that alert on my phone, I was like, what the heck? Like Arizona's been putting up points. This is this is confusing. Good on Minnesota, man. They're making a push. They know what they have right now uh, with some of these offensive pieces, and they're trying to go for it. So, I again, I think the way I look at it with these pieces, if you have a Justin Jefferson, if you have an Addison, if you have a TJ Hawkinson, I give them like a round or two value decrease with these backup quarterbacks. So if you would have said when Justin Jefferson comes back, he's a first round pick for you still. Maybe he's more of a, you know, a late second, early third round pick. I think is maybe a, you know, a top 24, top 36 player rather than the top 12 he was. Um, but Josh Dobbs, we saw him target the tight end a lot here uh, down in Arizona. So I think there is some upside for TJ Hawkinson still. And he did support Hollywood Brown to, to a really good start to the season as well. So shout out Josh Dobbs, man. I didn't have much faith in you. You're kind of the laughing stock coming into the season. And uh, what you've been able to do, put yourself on a contender uh, with a chance to go make the playoffs. Good on you, man. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, he goes to Detroit for a sixth. All this tells me for redrafts here, Tyler, is that I'm dropping, if I haven't already, I'm trying to drop Jamison Williams and I'm trying to uh, drop Josh Reynolds as well. I just don't see it happening this year. You got four mouths to feed over there, and that doesn't include Sam Laporta either and Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield. I just don't think there's, outside of ASRB, there's nothing I want to roster in this wide receiver room anymore. Am I overreacting? No, I don't think you're overreacting. I, I don't think that this was a trade of influence. Like Donald Peoples Jones for a six. I don't think that they're that doesn't really show me that they're bought in. It's not like you know, Chase Claypool for a second. You know what true, I mean? Like, true, yeah, good point. It, it's it's basically I feel like Cleveland was like, Hey, we were trying to get rid of this guy. And Detroit was like, Well, we could use somebody. I guess we'll give you a six for him. You know, but I don't think it really changes the di- the starting dynamic, you know. Like I think you yeah. still see and like Peoples Jones is like in the backside of that maybe works his way into a uh, Khalif Raymond role or something like that. But I don't think it's going to be hard pressed to change anything really. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. And DPJ, a guy we talked about a lot in 2022 weekly on the podcast. I think we were throwing his name out as an in the scope and a waiver wire candidate and just didn't really get going this season. Kind of fell back in the pecking order there in Cleveland after they went and out, out and got Elijah Moore. So uh, we'll see how it shakes out there in Detroit. But we're going to a bye out there for the Lions. So I'm fine with dropping Jameson Williams and dropping Josh Reynolds heading into it. Uh, Green Bay, they're telling me they're punting the season. They trade Rasul Douglas, one of their stud corners, for a fifth and a third round pick to Buffalo. If I'm a Packers fan, this is hard to stomach, man. Rasul Douglas is a player in this Joe Barry defense that plays everywhere. He can play a little nickel. He can play a little safety if he has to, and he's a shutdown corner at times as well. This one is tough to stomach for me, uh, Tyler. I, I, I think this 100% saying Green Bay knows they don't have it, and uh, they're saying, hey, we'll try again here in 2024. You know, my question is if, if they say they don't have it and they're throwing in the towel, what does that say for Jordan Love? I, dude, what is it? I mean, the hot start. Too? I don't know if you sold high on him when he started, uh, you know, like killer at the beginning of the season. But yeah. I mean, to me, if you have a, if you have a, you know, a quarterback that you believe in at this point in the season, especially in that division where it's not like anybody's really just like 
ran off and it's unreachable, yeah. you know, like it doesn't really make much sense to trade one of your top defenders, you know, if, if you're really trying to make a way, you know? Yeah. I, I think at two and five, I think they're saying, Hey, we're, we're going to reload and we're going to come back next season. One thing I'll say about this. There are a lot of Christian Watson managers out there that are panicked that are ready to sell him. I'm working on a deal myself and I'm intrigued because this tells me there's going to be a lot more shootouts to come in, in green Bay. Rasul Douglas is, in my opinion, maybe the fourth or fifth most valuable player on this defense loaded with former first-round picks. And I, I think it's going to be a big hole, man. I think it's going to be a big hole. They already have Eric Stokes, who's been banged up. And uh, yeah, n- now we're going to see a lot more Keyshawn Nixon, even you know the former kick returner out there. So uh, I'm trying to go out and buy Christian Watson here this week. Uh, and then Minnesota, they're tra- trading Urza Cleveland to Jacksonville for a six-rounder. Just bet, gets gets better and better for Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, and the boys down there. And then uh, Contavious Street, he's going to uh, to Atlanta for a seventh and a sixth swap. So uh, let's go ahead, Tyler. Though let's go ahead and jump forward. Uh, I think that's enough on the trade deadline. Not like yeah. I said, not too many impactful moves for fantasy, but still, like I, I was I was looking forward to. You know, I was sitting there. <laughs> it's like, not what we were hoping for. You know, everybody's like. Is there is the Derrick Henry deal gonna happen? You know, like we're all hoping for like something big, you know. And of course, we get the onslaught. I mean, even people were like, could Trey Lance get traded for the yeah. second time this season to Minnesota? And so we're looking for like juicy stuff like this. And I feel like the juiciest we got was like Washington saying, "Hey, take our best pass rushers. Here you go, everybody else." You know, yeah. and that yeah. was pretty much that. Yeah, that and Dobbs. I, I think Dobbs going to Minnesota is going to be impactful, at least for fantasy, uh, w- with those uh, Vikings players having a little more upside under Joshua Dobbs. But let's go ahead. Let's get to our trade targets and our candy comps here in hi- headline hijinks. <laughs> All right, headline hijinks. And my favorite part of Halloween as a kid was when we'd get back to the house and my brother's sister, <laughs> my brother's <laughs> sisters and I, uh, we would we would dump out all the candy, we'd sort it out, and then we start negotiating. I think that's where my love for trading and fantasy football started, honestly, because my brother and I had very different tastes. So we we could do a lot of trading, and there was you know definitely some fleeces going on of the younger siblings. So I'd apologize, <laughs> Noah and Callie, for that. Uh, but yeah, a little fleecing, a little advantage taken care of. Um, but Tyler, let, let's talk about some trade targets here in fantasy football and compare them to some candy treats here. And uh, who are you targeting or trying to send away here as we get to the halfway point? Ooh, man, you know this was a this was a tough one. Uh, but I'm gonna start with probably a hot commodity that everybody is a little excited about, and uh, go with. Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, I guess, should I say in a candy format? Is that how I phrase this? Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say is a now and later. I don't know if you remember now and later. Now and later was like the precursor to the starburst. You know, you take it out of the wrapper. It's hard when you first bite in. And, you know, it takes a minute. But then, man, it's full of flavor. And that's Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're excited. I want him in redraft. I want him in dynasty. It doesn't matter the format. 
We want him now. We want him later. Um, and he's a buy to me. And you kind of have, like, if I'm going to get Jameer Gibbs, this is my pitch, right? I'm like, hey, don't forget, Monty's there. Like, they like Monty. They're going to feature Monty. You know, we've seen it every week, despite, you know, our desire for Gibbs to be it. It's Monty's backfield. And even more so, they signed Monty to a long-term deal. Like, it's not just like a short one-year deal. Like, they're invested. If they don't use him, it's costing them a lot of money that they didn't, you know, that they're spending for no reason. So, it's just a – I mean, he's just had a couple hot weeks because Monty's not there, so you should trade him to me for cheap. (laughs) Are you worried that Monty comes back and it just goes back to Gibbs getting 7 to 10 touches? No, because even at seven to ten touches, Gibbs was double-digit fantasy points week after week after week. And in a realm where we're all fighting for a good running back, you know, or somebody that stays there, we also know that Monty's history when he has a lingering injury tends to keep him off the field. We get him like he gets hurt, then we get him back for like a game or two, and then he's hurt again. But, you know, this is one of those moments where you look at Gibbs and you're like, man, gosh, the playmaking ability, like it's it's there, you know, like it's like it took us a while because we had, you know, chew on the candy pretty hard before it got soft, but it's, it's there, it's flavorful. And so I'm, I'm, I'm all about Gibbs, uh, especially in dynasty In dynasty. I'm pitching Monty's on a three-year deal. It's going to be a while before Mm -hmm. Gibbs gets the backfield, but I don't believe that that's the case. I'm with you. I am a little worried that Monty comes back and it's more between the 20s role for Jameer Gibbs. He he didn't take any of the inside the five yard line rushes here in week number eight. That was the one stat that I, I, I saw Craig Reynolds. He was taking a bulk of that work. But I think where they were like Gibbs isn't that guy. He's not a goal line back. And I, I think it takes some time to develop that in the NFL. We're seeing Travis Etienne kind of in his second year develop that a little bit. So I'm with you on buying it, though. I, I I will say that if I can get him at a reasonable deal, and I think the key here is if you draft Jameer Gibbs, I don't know how how good your team is. I'm seeing a lot of a lot of yeah. people struggling who drafted him in the third or fourth round. So g- go after him. Yeah, that, uh, I'm with you on this. I like the comp. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, my favorite comp of the night, and it's DeAndre Hopkins is a Hershey bar to me. <laughs> One of the all time greats, most consistent. And with the right combination, DeAndre Hopkins, like a Hershey bar, can be lethal. We saw that in week number eight. Four receptions, 128 yards, three touchdowns in the Will Levis debut. And I'll tell you what, I I might not always always want a Hershey bar because I don't think it has the upside. Like, it's not a Three Musketeers. It's not a Kit Kat. I don't think it is the most flavorful chocolate bar at this point in humanity. However... I, 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 I'll still take it, man. I'll still, I'll still get down with a Hershey bar and like, I will be selling Deandre Hopkins this week. I have him in a couple leagues and I will try to sell him, but I'm not giving him away because I think there is some potential s'more upside here. Like I, th- I think we could be dealing with Will Levis who could be actually that guy. Like I really liked what we saw from Will Levis. I think we'll talk more about uh, that later in the show, but I'm content holding Deandre Hopkins wide receiver 22 on the season but if someone's willing to pay up after that big game, I'm willing to move him as well. Yeah, I'm with you. I I am a sell on DeAndre Hopkins. What was the first stat you said? You said how many receptions? Four. 
four, right? So let's not let's not pretend like it was fifteen targets, yeah. ten receptions, yeah. you know, ball and these were and if you if you watch the game, I mean the touchdowns, it's not like it was like like Hopkins is like running and then the ball's underthrown and he just makes an adjustment because he's watching where the D but the DB is not watching and he gets that first touchdown. You know, like I'm on a three after a what four touchdown game. I mean, the value is there, especially in a win now team where you can go, you could probably trade him. I mean, this is also the first time that we got to see Will Levis, and I, I won't get mm-hmm. into that, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's still the Titans. It's still Tannehill or a rookie quarterback and DeAndre Hopkins. So if you can sell him and get anything that is significant, that carries some long-term value, I'm in it. Okay. All right, yeah. But don't give him away, guys. That's like the yeah, bottom line. Like I, I still think he's going to be a solid wide receiver too the rest of the season. There's going to be some ups and downs with Will Levis. He's going to get this offense off timing a lot. I think Ryan Tannehill, for as bad as he was, he was good at keeping the chains moving for Tennessee. I don't know if we'll see that as much with with, uh, Will Levis, but we're going to see some big plays. So it opens up that ceiling for Hopkins a little bit. So he's a Hershey bar. He's not the worst. He's not the best, but he's an all-time great. Uh, Tyler, back to you here. Who's someone you're buying or selling? Oh. This is a this is a tough one for me, literally. But uh, I'm gonna say Najee Harris, and the my comparison for Najee Harris is a uh, jawbreaker. Okay, you know, like you ever looked at a jawbreaker, and like it's like every now and then you get that idea, and you're like, we should like I'm gonna eat this jawbreaker. Like it seems like a good idea, but it's never a good idea. Yeah, you know it. You know it's it's hard as a rock. It ends up being anticlimactic. Yeah. The flavor doesn't change the whole time. It's the same. It's kind of bland. And uh, and and that's Najee this year. Like, oh, man, every time that he, you know, you hope he's going to have a game, he doesn't really have a game, you know, and then Jalen Warren's coming in and he's being effective. But, you know, if I, if I have Najee, it's almost like, a jawbreaker you know yeah. like when yeah. you eat the jawbreaker and you get halfway through you're like i'm so tired of this thing <laughs> spit it out you know what i mean like i'm tired of sucking the freaking jawbreaker you know but it's like well i'm this far in i feel like i've got to finish it you it's know? a ball of fucking sugar it's a ball of fucking <laughs> yeah. sugar like- maybe when it gets small enough where i can take a bite i can get like a little bit of like a like a smarty flavor. Yeah. Know, or yeah. Something. And that's nausea. I mean, like ultimately his, his cost has gotten so low. You know, it's like you said, when you dump the bag of candy out on the floor and you and your siblings are going through it and you're negotiating what's left, the jawbreakers and the dum-dums, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, and then nobody wants. And so if you go try to trade nausea, yeah. it's not like you're going to get anything near what you're hoping to get for them. And so you just have to keep them by proxy, it feels like. That's a great comp. That might be my favorite comp of the night because uh, I'd love to get Kyle's opinion on this as well because we had this show as a kid, Ed and Eddie, and it made jawbreakers look like the fucking shit. Like, oh, you got to go down to the candy store. Like these whole kid's life revolved around getting these jawbreakers. And I got my first jawbreaker once. And I was like, Man, this isn't like what I thought it would be. Kyle, your thoughts on Jawbreakers. Uh, were you also led astray by our friends over at Cartoon Network? 
Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like a huge Ed, Ed, and Eddie fan, but yeah. when I saw it, all I could think of is, man, I would kill for a jawbreaker as big as my fucking head. <laughs> that sounds awesome. But you're right. Every time you eat a jawbreaker, you're like, why am I eating this? <laughs> I don't, this isn't good. Yeah. I, and I, that I, was, I, you know, coming into the season, you're looking at, uh, it's, you, it's your Ed, Ed, and Eddie eyes that you're looking at Najee. You're like, oh, I'm going to get Najee in the fourth yeah. round of this yeah. fantasy draft. Like, this is going to be balling. You know, they did some work. It, we're going to see it. And then it's just. Yeah. I, I I straight up had offers a, a couple weeks ago. One was in a dynasty league for for Jerry Judy straight up for Najee, and I wouldn't do it. And then I got one last week. It was Najee straight up for my Jalen Warren. I began Najee. I was like, I'm not doing that. I would just <laughs> rather have Jalen Warren at this point, which sucks. But I'm trying to move off both of them if I can. So I'm 100 with you. Like, if you can package Najee with something. Maybe do, is there a Steelers fan in your league? There's a shit ton of them out there in the world. Can you get some value out of Najee? Like that is, I think, the key piece of advice here, the actionable uh, go get it if you would here. Try to squeeze whatever you can from Najee. It's going to have to be a package, but try to get out of uh, that, that Steelers backfield any way you can here. Um, I'll go back to my next comp. And I'm going to talk about a candy and a player that is just underrated as hell. The candy is Twizzlers. I think Twizzlers, like when I was a kid, I thought they were just the shit. And I, and then when I got to an adult and I got to college and I was broke as fuck, I was like, how are Twizzlers like a dollar for a 50 pack of these? Like they're <laughs> so good and they're just so underrated. And they're actually created right here in Lancaster County. First time they were made. Um, so I'm going to compare Twizzlers to Evan Ingram because Evan Ingram, has been an absolute stud this year, and nobody wants to talk about it. Tight end six on the season, and I could argue for me, he's tight end four rest of season. He scored 9.6 or more in seven of eight games. That is consistency. His lowest score was 6.8, so he never really burned you that bad for the tight end position. And and this, I think, is the craziest stat about Evan Ingram on the season. He has outscored Calvin Ridley in PPR no tight end premium leagues, just your basic ass league. He is outscoring Calvin Ridley right now. 7.6 targets per game on pace for 108 receptions. Tyler, that would be the fourth most receptions for a tight end of all time. And nobody's talking about it. And do you know why? Because he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. So no one saw the upside. But Evan Ingram has been a fucking stud. And I I, I want to try to get Evan Ingram before everyone realizes it. Because it's going to be maybe two months from now. You and I are going to be sitting back here, um, hopefully enjoying some more cold bush lights again. And we're going to say, wow, Evan Ingram was that fucking dude down the stretch. I I want him if I don't already have him. Uh, I'm with you. I was with you before the season started. I was a buy on Evan Ingram. I drafted him actually in every single redraft. I don't know how I managed to do it. But in every single redraft league that I was in, I managed to get Evan Ingram. Good for you. Yeah. And so it's like, and it was purposely targeted, you know, that way. um, I just thought him and Trevor Lawrence were clicking on another level, uh, you know, getting, getting it at the, towards the end of last season. And then we saw it, you know, this season it's continued despite all the, uh, you know, oh, there's Ridley there. This is going to be this. It's going to be that. It's going to be difficult, you know? And I mean, yeah, I think, we start seeing a touchdown here too. Everybody's going to be like, Oh man, like I, I'm with it, you know? And, and it's, it's good. He's cheap. And who doesn't love flavored wax? 
<laughs> and he has the upside too. Like we saw it last year. He had some 30 burgers. So that's still in the realm of possibilities. The the Jaguars just haven't scored a lot through the air. Travis Etienne's just been leading this team in scoring on the ground. So Evan Ingram, guys, go out and try to buy him. He's going on his bye week. So there are a lot of people right now who are scrambling for wins. Travis or uh, Evan Ingram could be a piece you can buy low right now and get after it. Looks like we got Eric there in the chat from Green Screens Media. What's, What's up, up Eric? Eric? Thanks for joining us here on your night out, man. We greatly appreciate that. Tyler, uh, I'm going to throw it back to you. A- any other trade targets you want to discuss here uh, before I round us out with uh, potentially my favorite? Yeah, uh, I'm going to say Kyler Murray is a Sour Patch kid. You know, my brother said, he's like, there's no way you leave Sour Patch Kids out of candy comps. Like, they're a classic. But, you know, Kyler is sour. He is annoying. He's a crybaby. Yeah, I I can't stand attitude. You know, however, if you can get past the sour, you know, it's a pretty good ride the rest of the way through. And Kyler right now is cheap. I mean, the headline literally on Sleeper right now is the Cardinals are still deciding between Kyler Murray and Clayton Toon. So not only did they ship Josh Dobbs out, and Kyler Murray is about to be healthy, but they still don't know if he's going to be the starter. And I don't buy that at all. Kyler Murray has been a top-10 quarterback every year that he has played at least 14 games. And that – I mean, Arizona offense – has not been garbage. You know what I'm saying? The Arizona offense has not. Yeah. yeah, they're scoring points. So then you swap Dobbs out with Kyler Murray. However much of a, a sour he is, he's still talented. And, I mean, there's upside. Like, Kyler is probably on your waivers right now. Somebody had to drop him because they didn't have space to hold him on their IR, and he's probably there on waivers. And I don't know, but – uh if I need a good pick-me-up, sometimes I'll just grab a Sour Patch Kid. At least until my mouth gets raw and I can't yeah. take it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing. Thirty-one point eight percent roster right now. So if in, if you're in a deeper redraft, he might be gone, but he is available in a lot of redrafts. And I think if he was picked up, he he's no one's quarterback one right now. Like no one's making a contingency plan to start him anytime soon. So this is the time if you want to go out and do a speculative like end of bench trade, it's as cheap as he's probably going to be. So so I, I do like this call. And I said this last week on the program when Scott highlighted him as an in the scope candidate is I didn't think I was going to be interested in Kyler Murray, both the way the quarterbacks are going this season, just down, down, down and around, you know, like we're losing so many valuable starters where like I'm starting Gardner Minshew in leagues. I'm I'm contemplating picking up Will Levis and throwing him right in against my Lurs defense on Thursday night football. Like that's where we are right now in the quarterback market. So Kyler Murray, someone to consider here. And I yeah, man. I yeah, I, I heard I, a stat today. How many just off the cuff? I don't know if you've li- if you listen to the show or not. You might have, but how many quarterbacks do you think have taken snaps in the NFL this year? Wasn't it like fifty something? No. It was 67. Wow. That's more than two per team. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. That was Debro's guess was 57. <laughs> okay. It was, it was 67. It was crazy. Wow. So, uh, you know, we're. It's, I agree. It's definitely been that. And so, I, to me, the idea or the possibility that I could get somebody that could have put up top 10 points, 
like it's it's something I'm gonna try to probably grab, you know. Okay. We got Eric in the chat saying Ingram, definitely a plain Hershey's bar. Solid, not mad when you get it. Nobody's favorite. I called Hopkins the the plain Hershey bar, Eric. But yeah, I think Ingram kind of fits fits in there as well. And we still got Didi uh, hanging around, laughing out loud with us. We appreciate it, Didi. Uh, okay, I'll round us out here, Tyler, with uh, Devin Achaney. To me, he is Bailey's grandma's fudge. And uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Bailey's grandma. Listen, so I had this, uh, it was a friend, a, a, a friend who went to the same school as me. She kind of lived in the town over that once we got into like middle school, her town came to our school as well. So they're kind of like the transfers in, if you would. And her grandma made this fudge that everyone talked about that I stopped going trick-or-treating in my little town. And I went to the town about 10 or 15 minutes over just to get this fudge. I made a special trip for it. Sometimes we would go trick-or-treating twice. Um, and this fudge was fucking awesome. So I'm comparing Bailey's grandma's fudge to one of the best trade targets out there right now. It's Devin at a chain and smooth and could be the best thing in your basket and something that's worth waiting for. Like I would never eat the fudge right away. You know what I mean? I would always savor it almost like for the next day. Cause I was eating so much candy that night. I was like, I'm, I'm going to save this. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. And right now, like Raheem Moster is looking like he's wearing down a little bit. We're not seeing that same pop as we saw earlier in the season. Jeff Wilson Jr. not involved right now for the Miami Dolphins as much as we thought he would be off the off the jump as well. And the offense, let's be honest, Tyler, just hasn't been the same since the chain he left. And I, I think now, get him some time to get healthy. He has the Raiders coming right up after the bye. This is the team that Jameer, uh, Jameer Gibbs just cooked last week. So I think the Raiders have a, do a really good job making everyone look great. Achaney's a great player. I'm trying to go hard as fuck after him. There are some stubborn ass managers who are like three and <laughs> three and five in leagues and they won't give them up because they know what they have. But if you have a manager who has a, a chain and he's struggling Go after him. He will be worth it. I think he's a potential league winner. I don't say that lightly. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I think he is. I mean, the the big play upside is absolutely crazy. You know, you know, and I think you nailed it. I think the last few weeks we've seen Mostert really slow down. He feels yeah. like he's not breaking as many tackles. Like, I don't know if he's just beat up or mm-hmm. what. And then Jeff Wilson Jr. is not really in the picture. In fact, the Miami offense, outside of like the one Tyreek bomb that happens you know, once every now and then it, it seems like it's kind of fizzled just a little bit, you know, yes. Waddle's gotten a little bit more involved, which is good. Um, but you know, the running game is not the eight touchdowns in a game type thing that we were watching. Not even you know? like, two, yeah, not even, not even two, like we were seeing a couple weeks ago. It, it's hard times for, uh, for the Miami dolphins. I think a chain's going to get back healthy. I am worried a little bit that we might not see the most touches for him, but when you're averaging seven yards before contact and you're averaging 12 yards per carry, I'm okay with 12 to 15 touches. That's enough for me in this Miami offense. And I think they'll get things straightened away. So like, I'm willing to trade like what I can, you know, but see, uh, and, and I mean, I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to jump on that. What you're saying there, like as a car salesman, you know, don't, don't hate on me, but often yeah, I no. think about my narratives that I'm going right. And if you're listening to this right now, you're hearing 
things like, uh, you know, their offense is not running the ball as well. They're not scoring a ton of rushing touchdowns. Things have kind of fizzled. Like these are things for you to like package and use as yes. you talk to that manager, uh, you know, about trying to get a chain, not at a value, but you just, you don't want to tear down a player that you're trying to get because that doesn't make much sense. But yeah. to bring down their value, to make them equal to somebody that you're trying to sell them for or to create an ex, uh, thought process for the person you're trading that this person is a value equal it comes in handy you know yeah and i i think that relationship while trading really does matter and like i'll be honest today i kind of got in a little argument with one of my league mates because i'm offering him for for a chain here i'm, I'm offering deandre hopkins and jalen warren and he's kind of just dissing on like like what these guys have been and like like D Hop in general and like having civilized conversations. I think the worst thing you can do when you want to really make a trade happen in your league is just send out blind offers. I always just send a text to someone, hey, price check on this guy. How are you feeling about your team? Start the conversation. I think that goes a long way when when you want to make trades, when you want to get your team better, because you don't just want to get your team better. You want to help other teams in the league also get better. Like trades need to be even in a way like, like you still want to get the better end of it hundred percent. And that's why you got to continue to cook up these deals. Um, but great advice there, Tyler. Um, anything else here from you before we jump into from the forum? Yeah, I have a, you know, like all this candy just, I mean, like I, I need, I need something healthy. My wife's been on me. I had my doctor's checkup, you know, because apparently I'm on the other side close to 40 or I'm like, <laughs> you know a 1940s referee so i'm real old you know so my wife's like oh you know you need to go get a checkup so I get a checkup and the doctor's like you need to eat healthier and i'm like well, actually he said i was healthy and then my wife got my labs and she told me you need to eat healthier <laughs> so so we're gonna get off candy for a second and i'm gonna ask you about a good old piece of fruit seth uh, just, we're going to have one more person to talk about a healthy snack. And I'm going to say, Will Levis is a banana with the peel still on it. <laughs> and so my question is, is it time to decide whether you're going to wait and just, you know, peel the banana and make sure, you know, it's not all bruised up and it's yeah. a good banana, you know, and then, you know, eat it slowly. Is that the, is that the way we're going to go with Levis or are we going to pull a trick out of Will Levis's own book and grab that banana peel and all, and just take a bite of it out of it. Are you buying Will Levis Seth? Man. Wow. Great analogy. And, and way to put me on the spot here because Will Levis is someone I liked more than most analysts coming into this draft process in 2023. This guy has a cannon, and then there's no doubt about that. Do I worry that there's going to be issues like I touched on earlier? Do I think the timing routes are going to be great with DeAndre Hopkins, other guys in this offense? No, not necessarily. Um, but I think there is upside there. We're not going to see four touchdowns every week, but starting here on Thursday night, it's an intriguing matchup. Um, the Steelers probably going to be without Minka Fitzpatrick here. The, the uh, corners for, for the Steelers are having a lot of shifts right now. Joey Porter Jr. has taken that starting spot um, from Levi Wallace there. So he'll be out there with Patrick Peterson. So, like, I like Patrick Peterson. I like Joey Porter Jr., but both these guys can get burned by Hopkins. So I think there is some upside here. Like, you could pick up Will, uh, Will Levis and start him this week. And I don't necessarily, like, 
I don't think he's a top 12 play, but he has top five upside. And, and that like, you could, you could get burned and you're looking at, you know, seven, eight points and, and you have to kind of wear it on the shins here. But I think it's like with what we're seeing Tyler at the position right now, you can't, you can't not be intrigued by 19 for 29, 238 and four against a Falcon secondary. That was good as fuck, dude. Like we weren't attacking the Falcon secondary. I sat Hopkins in a lot of leagues last week because I was scared of AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell's been a beast out there. And l- listen, they're, they're not all great. S- some of those, as you mentioned, some of those touchdowns earlier uh, were a little bit fluky. And, but like there was some, th- that one w- w- where Nuke did the spin move and he got out, like it was about like a 20 yard strike to the end zone. That was brilliant. And I think you could do a lot more with, with Will Levis. That last touchdown he had in the back of the end zone to Akine, uh, Nick Westbrook Akine. That was a Will Levis play. Like that is a pure arm strength play. You don't run that play with Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis. So there is upside here. It's whether yeah. like how big do your balls feel? Like <laughs> I'm tugging on mine. I'm throwing them over the fucking shoulder. And I, I, I'm willing to spend up a little bit of fab, even in one quarterback's leagues, like not a lot, like, you know, five, 7%, I think, and, and go after him, Tyler. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you this. It was refreshing for the Titans to have a quarterback that could actually quickly do a three-step drop and throw the ball. You know, it didn't have to be action. It didn't take forever. He didn't have to try to run every single time. He could actually look at reads. And the big things, and this the big thing, and this is what D Hop needs, is D Hop needs a quarterback just like Devontae Adams. He's the same type of player, needs a quarterback to throw it up and let him make a play. He's an elite receiver for a reason throw him up and let him make a play. And Will Levis did that several times during the game and D hop made a play. Part of being a quarterback and playing that position is trusting your wide receivers and not being afraid to let it go. And you know, my question to you, Seth is let's flip this to dynasty for just a minute. okay? Okay. I see a lot of people that are like after a four touchdown first game rookie performance, which is not common by any means. Do you sell Levis? as the hot new commodity or do you believe in him enough that you're the one buying and you're trying to buy him right now for a middle tier value versus later if he is announced the starter and he has several good games and then all of a sudden we're looking at cj stroud value out of him and he's going to cost a lot more where are you at so I'll say this. I have Will Levis in a dynasty league, a super flex one. I was trying to sell him earlier today. I was offered a second round pick and I declined it. I I think he, if you can get a first round pick for Will Levis, I was trying to package him with uh, a Sky Moore and a couple other uh, more depth wide receivers. I couldn't get that that uh, that first round pick. But I think he's right now, like, like his value is somewhere around that one-two turn. Like if it's an early second round pick and someone's willing to give it up, I would maybe consider that. Um, but Will Levis, like I, I think the one thing people aren't even talking about, this guy has a lot of rushing upside. At Kentucky, his junior year, nine rushing touchdowns. This is a guy you can get behind and run a tush push with. I mean, he's a big motherfucker too. Like, like no one's talking about, I mean, six, three, two He's a big motherfucker. He can run the ball a little bit as well. So uh, I greatly, greatly like what Will Levis could do, but I am willing to capitalize on that value. I did it years ago with Daniel Jones after his breakout performance back in 2019. I'm willing to, to do that again, 
but but I think I, I need to get fair value for him because the upside could be massive, Tyler. You touched on it. We could be looking at a CJ Stroud like uh value here in, in a month or two down the road. Yeah. We got uh Boo VR saying hi. What's up, man? Thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Uh Didi saying take a bite out of it. Didi, let us says, take Levis. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's willing to go. D, let us know. You got any good banana recipes? Because I like bananas. I fucking hate bananas like in in stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I don't like banana pie or any of that stuff. Like no. have you ever cut up bananas and put them in your Cheerios? That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> fine. That's about as far as I will go um on bananas there. there. But yeah, Tyler, I, I do like Will Levis, man. I think he's an interesting play. Um, so yeah. Keep him in mind here. And guys, let's go ahead. Let's get to our next segment here and answer your questions from the forum. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do here in between. We got advice for you. Back and forth all day trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. Yes, from the forum, it is presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network, fantasyfootballadvice.com. And this is a platform where players and creators can support each other. It is powerful, man. It is powerful, the advice people are getting over there. I'm seeing so many people make better roster decisions every single week. It's engaging discussion. It's really fun to get involved with. Real answers, real advice. You got people like me and a lot of the IBT family members over there. And it's basically combining all these apps that you don't have room for on your phone. You don't have time to, to, to search for advice on there. Discord, Patreon, Facebook, Instagram combines it into one platform for fantasy football advice. It's free to join as well, Tyler. Um, your thoughts here as the Fantasy Football Advice Network just continues to blossom here in 2023. Hey, fantasyfootballadvice.com is awesome. We have tons of awesome tools. We have great community, which is my favorite part. I mean, I literally yeah. saw a guy today that was like, I'm one in seven. Do I give up? And then people are in the chat yeah. and they're like encouraging them or yes. they're trying to like say, okay, this is where you're at. How, it, what, here's what moves I think you can make to position yourself for next year. Like people are always there. They're, they're encouraging you. They're trying to build you up. They're answering your questions. You know, people are posting their rosters. Hey, yeah, how do yeah. I improve this? How do I take the next step towards trying to get the to the championship, you know, and that's what we're there for. We're there to answer your questions. We're there for content creators to, to be able to give you tons of, uh, you know, art, there's articles posted every day, you know, there's video content like this. There's tons of stuff there for you to either absorb information or just go ask your individual questions and people are going to come on mm -hmm. and, and, and answer them. And it, like I said, it's just fantasy football community. None of the extra stuff, none of the ads constantly yeah. rolling in your feed. Like we're just hanging out. We're talking fantasy football and uh, with great people. And uh, we, we love it over there. I think one of my favorite features on the platform right now is the league classifieds because I literally had a dream last week, Tyler, that I, I was in the middle of a dynasty startup and like I freaked out because I started uh, B. John Robinson and A.J. Brown, which I don't know why because that'd be a great start. I would love that start, <laughs> but like I, I'm already in the mood to do another dynasty startup. So I'm, I'm keeping an eye on those classifieds. So there's so many useful tools for you guys. If you're trying to get in the thick of it, like we are this season, Make sure you're checking it out over there at fantasyfootballadvice.com. Free to join platform, and you can upgrade anytime with our promo code IBT. Get yourself 25% off. Um, 
And uh, looks like Didi in the chat saying, I would do more banana recipes for you. I appreciate it, Didi, because I like bananas. I need to get them in me, man. I need to, I need to eat healthy, like Tyler said, because I'm going to have one of those uh, appointments here soon. And I'm going to get a similar, <laughs> I'm going to get a similar result. Um, before we jump over to the forum for a question, we got one from Jelly the Month. Should I trade Swift? Uh, should I trade for Swift or is Gainwell coming on a bit? So we're seeing DeAndre Swift kind of like I, I think almost we projected earlier this season, Tyler, start to slow down a little bit, starting to wear down, almost like Raheem Mostert. It hasn't been a, a great couple weeks for DeAndre Swift. He's still been solid, getting about three targets per game. I'd, I'd like that number to go up just a little bit. Are you trading for Swift? Because I don't necessarily think I'm trading for him, but I also don't necessarily think Gainwell is coming on a bit. He, he did just fumble uh, away a pretty good opportunity in week eight. Yeah, I mean, he did. He had a fumble in last game. And even last game, like we are talking about him slowing down a bit. I mean, Swift still had a touchdown. I mean, his, his yards per carry. Too. Yeah, yeah his, his yards per carry wasn't as strong. But, you know, you're, you're still, he's getting 16 rushing attempts. Yeah. You know, like he's getting 70% snap share last week, which is actually his second highest snap share percentage of the season. So they're definitely not uh going away from swift so i'm definitely mm -hmm. you know i i want swift he is the big play person in that offense right now and who they're kind of looking to i think you're just seeing a little bit of the struggles of like midseason tired them you know and 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 that kind of weigh in on them the eagles have let me i think it's um they got dallas here in week nine and then a bye the so bye, they should, yeah should get a little healthier down the stretch, it's an interesting schedule because it goes one of two ways. They do face some tougher defenses. Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas, Seattle, all stacked right after that bye. But at the same time, they might need to use him a little bit more because they haven't got Devonta Smith in, in that uh, pass-catching group going outside of A.J. Brown really this season so far. And Jalen Hurts is a little bit banged up as well, so maybe we see some added goal line opportunities for Swift here, Tyler. Yeah, I... I don't know about the goal line opportunities. Swift is kind of like a, I mean, he's done a little bit better with his run after contact, but he's not a big run after contact kind of guy, you know? And so I, I don't know that goal line really grows for him. Uh, I will say this. I mean, you alluded that is a tough schedule. And if you're on the brink of like trying to make the playoffs, right. If you need some big plays now, mm -hmm. I might, you know, instead of trading for Swift, I might trade Swift for somebody else. You know, a lot of people, your average fantasy player does not look in that much at, you know, the matchups and uh, and the defenses. I mean, those are tough defenses. I mean, the 49ers linebackers, mm -hmm. Seattle's defense is killer. Um, I noticed he said later, he said, I have a lot of mid uh, running back. The, the only owner has Swift on a bye. I, and I, three for five need Kyron and Monty back doubt they would trade me Brees. I can say if I can package something for Brees, I would much rather do that. Yeah. Swift. Yeah. It's going to be hard to get Brees, but I'm willing to pay, pay up for Brees. I, I don't necessarily okay. want to pay up for Swift right now. Um, just cause there are so, some issues long-term with the health here, jelly of the month. And also, like we said, that schedule isn't great coming on. They might need to lean on him, but it could get tougher down the stretch. So I'm not necessarily buying Swift. 
if you need other running backs, like, like we, we, we laid some out earlier in the show, Jameer Gibbs, he has a bye this week, can't really help you. Um, Devin Achene, he could be a guy gets back in a couple weeks. Those are more the running backs we're targeting right now. Um, kind of these guys who are going to be on the shelf for at least a week or two, but they could come back and help you. And if you're five and three, you're leading your league in scoring. Like I, I'm going after a Chan or someone like in, in that variety yeah. that, that has a little more upside um, yeah. later here in the season. Um, let us know, guys, if you have any more questions for you, and we'll get to them. But I do want to get to one from the forum here, and this is from our guy, Noob Noob 187 Fantasy football drop candidates. He's 4-4 four and four in a 12-team league, and who should he be dropping to make room for players to add on waivers tonight? And uh, we're going to go through the list here for you, Tyler. It's Michael Mayer, Latavius Murray, Michael Wilson, Calvin Austin, and Jaleel McLaughlin. To me, I don't think there's anyone necessarily on this list that, that is safe. Um, your thoughts, is there one that, that, that you're saying, I can't drop that guy, I have to keep him on my team? Yeah, um, I really want Michael Mayer. I mean, like, it, it, and, and I know we typically don't have tight end. You know, if you're not a deep league, maybe you don't. But, you know, it. I mean, he's really coming on you know, within the last few games and uh, we're starting to see, see what we wanted to out of him, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can see like, I mean, obviously it's going to be a career, you know what I mean? Like I think Mayer's going to be a good tight end for a long time and I'm excited about that, you know? Yeah. I we're still seeing an okay target share. He only got two here in week eight, but Jimmy G only threw 21 times. And I think, the issue with this Raiders offense is they've just kind of been a mess lately, and it, it's really hard to trust them down the stretch here. But they're obviously committing. They didn't sell off any of their pieces. Jacobs, Devontae Adams tonight. Um, and he did see a career-high 91% of the snaps in week number eight. So they're going to him. They're trying to feature him. It just isn't working. So I do agree with you here. Uh, Mayor's second on my list that I would keep. Um, I also... Th- I know it sucks right now, but I think I want Jaleel McLaughlin on my team as well. If I can hold him through the bye, if you have to let him go, you can. Javante just saw 30 carries. McLaughlin limited to 11% of the snaps. But this guy is so good, man. He saw 11% of the snaps, got only a couple carries, but totaled 5.9 PPR points. Like, I hate playing this game in Sean Payton's offense. Like, it's very frustrating. But when Javante did go down, McLaughlin was an RB1 for two weeks in a row. So I think there's upside there. Like I'd rather, I'd rather probably stash stash McLaughlin at this point than I think like, uh, like a Kenneth Gainwell. So I I don't mind him. Um, Calvin Austin, that guy should have been dropped from from your team weeks ago, man. Don't don't worry about Calvin Austin. Steelers can barely barely produce two wide receivers with George Pickens and Deontay there. You don't want Calvin Austin on your team. Michael Wilson. Still running 80% of the snaps. Kyler is coming back, as you alluded to earlier in the show, Austin or uh, Tyler. Um, but but I, I still don't think I would want to start Michael Wilson until like week 12 or week 13. So I think we can drop Michael Wilson as well if you haven't already. Um, and then Latavius Murray, time to ditch him, man. He has looked like ass these last couple weeks. Uh, <laughs> just like go, going back to going back to old Latavius and uh, snap count decreased to 33% last week. I'm I'm out on him with Lenny coming in. Yeah, well, I mean, you see that. I mean, anytime these veteran backs come in, you know, you get that first pop, and then it kind of slows down as they start to wear. They were really using them a lot, especially in, you know, big like 
push situations, goal line. Like Mm -hmm. we're sending you into a lot of contact and he's wearing down too. So, I mean, Latavius Murray was my cut list. The only one that you mentioned on the cut list that I'm a little interested in keeping. And he was actually, uh, I agreed. McLaughlin and Mayer were together for me. They were pretty close. And then it was Michael Wilson. And I say that because, you know, Michael Wilson is the only real big bodied receiver that they have. And we saw Kyler, you know, really target big body receivers, whether it was D hop or, um, what was his name? Um, the, uh, I just, I cannot remember that. Oh, good. Oh, it, good. It was like their fourth receiver on the block, but he, he was the Keyshawn, Keyshawn Johnson. Yes. So, so you know, you got yep. he t- tends to target those players in the red zone if he doesn't run it in, and so it leans me like thinking maybe Michael Wilson gets a few more red zone, you know, targets, or mm. you know, maybe we see Kyler throw it throw it down the field a little bit more to him, uh, and so I'm definitely interested in seeing how that pans out. Uh, but I'm definitely on the drop Calvin Austin, drop Latavius Murray before the other three. Okay. All right. Sounds good there. Here's one from Ethan. Do I trade Pollar for ETN if I'm playing against ETN owner this week? I'd still be projected to win, or would you go Pollard, Addison, Gabe for for, for Swift, Pacheco, and Ayuk? Wow. Okay. All right, Ethan. Let's fucking strap the fuck in. These are some, these are some good ass. <laughs> this questions. was like a little question, then became a big question. So, so I'll say straight up, I am a hundred percent. I'm. I still want to do Pollard for ETN, even if I'm yeah. playing the ETN owner. Like it, it, it sucks, and if Pollard goes off against you, like, you know, you're kind of got to eat a bag of dicks, and it sucks, Ethan. But like, <laughs> it is what it is. Like ETN, in my opinion. We did our, our, our redraft of the first two rounds a couple weeks ago, Tyler. We already had ETN as a top 12 pick. Now I think he's probably up in that you know top six, top seven pick. So I'm doing that trade straight up. Are you in with me in agreements before we get to the bigger 100%, picture? percent yeah. Okay. 100%. Pollard's playing in an offense that wasn't designed for him. We're seeing the same thing. You know, you guys talked about it in your show, uh, I think it was last week, when uh, Eric was talking about Singletary, like as being a more lateral yeah. mover yep. and that working better in that offensive scheme than Damian Pierce is just like punishing run style. And Pollard is that. Pollard needs to move laterally. Pollard needs to get out in space. He's not a pounded up the middle type of guy, which is what they're trying to do with him. Yeah. ETN, he's getting targets. We saw him get a receiving touchdown last week. He's getting so cool. he's getting open, you know, runs. And guess what? They just traded for another offensive lineman that's actually decent. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, like to me, this is a no-brainer. I'm dishing Pollard for ETN, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. I'm hitting accept immediately. But there's this other trade too that I also really like for our guy Ethan down here. Uh, he could trade Pollard, Addison, and Gabe Davis for Swift, Pacheco, and Ayuk, and I think that's a great trade too. I prefer Swift over Pollard. Rest is, or I, I'd say I at least prefer Pacheco over Pollard, or they're right there neck and neck. And I think Swift is much better than Addison rest of the season with now the questions of Josh Dobbs taking over there, and then Ayuk over Gabe all day for me as well. So I think you're getting potentially three of the best four players in this trade. Like I like this one too. How do you feel? How do you feel about it here, Tyler? I feel. I mean, I feel okay about it. I, I feel better about it being that we now have Dobbs versus Kirk Cousins, and you know, throwing for the ball for the Vikings, which kind of 
brings Addison's value down enough for me to be okay. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, man, Addison has been absolutely killing it. But what I would really like to do, if you can, Ethan, if you can talk this, whoever you are trading into it, if you can get them to just pop out Swift and pop in ETN and then do your initial trade. So Pollard, Addison, Gabe for ETN, oh. Pacheco, Ayuk. Yeah. I think that's a league winning move. League even if, winning move. Even if you have to throw in one other small piece. Yes. I, great call there, Tyler. I'm in with you there as well. Get ETN, but man, if you can get Pacheco and Ayuk, like those are great players to have on your team, Ethan. Shout out Ethan. Fucking yeah, man. You're out there swindling people. Uh, sorry, I missed this one from Josh as well. He says, I just traded Russ and Connor for Lamar and Gerald Everett. Good trade. Everett seemed like a good addition because of Kittle on by. Listen, Gerald Everett isn't moving the needle for me. I don't really care about him in this trade, Josh. Honestly, I think you can get as you know good of a tight end off waiver wire than uh, Gerald Everett here. But I mean... Russ is nothing special. Maybe this is super flex, so maybe he matters a little bit more. Um, but James Conner, like, he's hurt. We don't know when he's going to be back to 100%. So you're, you're getting the best player in this trade, which is never a bad idea for me, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, Gerald Everett is is tossable. You know, we saw, I mean, it, it seems to be uh, Parham's tight end. Yeah. I mean, he be, seems to be the target. We saw him make some big boy plays, you know, like it, – it, I, I like Donald Parham Jr. a lot. You know, I've had him on my radar for a long time. And, uh, you know, so the Gerald everything is a wash to me. The the clear upgrade is the Lamar over Russ. For me, I do this trade cringing because I tend to hold on to my running backs a little bit. And I really, I mean, Connor has just been elite when on the field uh, this year. Um, but I still think for the upgrade Lamar, if I have the running backs to spare, then I'm going to dish. Yeah. I, I think it's a fine deal. Lamar is yeah. definitely the asset. Keep in mind too, Gerald Everett didn't even play on Sunday night with that hip injury. So I'm not sure if he'll be back here for you, Josh. We're going to have some waiver wire targets for you uh, as we round out the show here that you can potentially grab um, that I'd even prefer more than him. So keep that in mind, but appreciate the question, uh, Josh and Ethan and, and Jelly of the Month. I hope you guys are subscribed to the channel. Come back to hang out with us again. Here we got Coach Craig Sports. What's up, Craig? Thanks for joining us, man. What's up, fellas? Good to see you tonight, man. Happy Halloween. Um, here's one from uh, Andrew. Would you trade Michael Mayer for Dotson? Full PPR, uh, tight end premium, 32, man. League, holy fuck. You're not doing it, Tyler. We just saw a blow-up game for Jahan Dotson. Uh, I think he took that drop he had personally. You're just shaking your head. You want nothing of it. No, I don't mind Dotson. Dotson's okay, but I mean, Dotson left us all hanging at the beginning of the year. Like there was so much hype and then nothing, you know? And like the only reason that Dotson really had the the game that he had, I feel like is because Curtis Samuel got banged up, you know? Um, but in a tight end premium, 32-man league. Oh, I didn't see the tight end premium. Yeah, yeah tight end okay. premium. That that's that's the 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 lean for me because what it feels like is the Raiders are trying to make Mayer a larger part of their offensive. Ninety-one percent of snaps last week. Yeah, yeah, they they want him there, and so like going through the end of the season, if you ask me, okay, do I want a tight end and a tight end premium that is running like a, I mean, just like a freaking <laughs> ox, a right? I mean, did you hell. see him? Did you? I mean, on special teams, did you see him knock the? <laughs> yes. <piss out> of- <laughs> 
Like, I mean, just like he wants to be in the game. He wants to be a difference maker. And those are the kind of people that talent rises, right? And I think towards the end of the season, you could see Meyer or Mayer getting the targets that you wanted Adams to get, you know, because Jimmy G's obviously struggling to get it downfield. I mean, he hardly has time to throw the ball. I mean, how many times was he sacked last game? It was oh, like obnoxious. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was obnoxious. Yeah. So you know, like it's it's got to be short routes. It's got to be seam routes. And you know, I think I think Mayer's gonna he's gonna have an uptick. I, I just would rather have Mayer, especially if Washington is in fact selling the farm. Like I, I kinda, don't care anymore. I, I kind of like that though because n- now we at least see, uh, I, I think more plus opportunities for Jahan Dotson here now that the defense is going to even be more cheeks than it was before. Andrew, can you let us know who your wide receivers and tight ends are? I think that would kind of clarify things a little bit for us. All I'll say though, man, I'm not in any 32 man team leagues, but I kind of, I kind of want to do one. That sounds fun (laughs) as hell. Like I I, I like the challenge there a little bit. So I think I would still lean Dotson. I'm, I'm a Penn state fan though. I'm a, you know, Dotson has been one of my guilty pleasures all year. So um we'll come back to you andrew if you let us know who your wide receiver tight ends are um is Devonte adams a hold i think his value right now is in the gutter from car chisel listen man I, I i think you have to hold him you can't trade him after what happened i trade i traded Devonte adams last year after that like one target game and uh t- i think he had a donut and totally like f my season trading him low like i did so you do have to hold him right now the value will come back um, I love the target share. I think the target share was in the 30% um, this week. So like he's still getting those targets. It's just, we're not seeing the connection right now with Jimmy G and if Jimmy would have hit him on two of those deep shots. He might have a hundred yards and two touchdowns. So like he just kind of needs to like, like, there's nothing wrong with Adams. He looks like he's getting healthy again. He's going to come back a little bit. So I'm not, I'm not too worried here uh, on Adams. I, I think he will be bouncing back. You can't sell him low. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. You know, it, it, that's what happens if you watch your fantasy score and how many points the player gets for you. You don't get a full picture, but when you look at the thirty percent target share, like you mentioned, I mean that's key right there. Like he's mm-hmm. getting the targets. We just saw Jimmy G under great duress all game. So I mean. He couldn't really get accurate balls out. We did see uh, Adams have a drop, but that's very out of character for him. You know, like. I, and and I'm with you. These kind of players, big like winners, the people that win your fantasy leagues are the people that take advantage of the fact when you sell low a stud like yep. Devontae Adams. You know, if you come in and you're like, oh, I can't do Devontae Adams. Let me sell him or trade him to you for, you know, Jerry Judy because he had a touchdown last week. Maybe he's coming on. You know, that's you'd never. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You know, so it's like. You can't sell low. I'm not a proponent of selling low, especially when it's Adams. And, I mean, if the season's trajectory goes, this is what happens. Wide receiver has bad game. Wide receiver throws fit, slams helmet. Yeah. Then wide receiver has a big game. Yep. Right? Yep. <laughs> or five big games if you ask H.A. Brown. Like, you know, it, so just don't get caught up in the moment. Be patient. Be patient there, Car Chisel. Appreciate the question, man. Thanks for making us part of your Halloween. Uh, we, we appreciate all the support here. And uh, Andrew circling back here. He's got Devonta Smith, Derrick Henry, Jerry Judy, Kyle Pitts, Josh Allen, Mayer and Foreman on his team. Uh, yes. Okay, so, I change. You, okay, you're going. You're going, Jahan. Well, 
I mean, only reason is, I mean, running backs, Derrick Henry, Foreman, wide receivers, you know, Devonta Smith, Judy, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You need some help there. And you, I, need, I, some, you need some help. And, you know, if, it, if, if Curtis Samuel's going to miss any extended time, then, yep. you know, Dotson's worth the, the plug for the targets. Yep, I'm with you there. And it's not, not a big enough upgrade over Kyle Pitts there, even if you're throwing Mayer in a flex. Um, I'm a Penn State fan as well. So, oh, that's cool, DD. I didn't know that. We've known each other for a while and uh, did not know you're a Penn State fan. Uh, here's one from Priceless Pigeon. Would you trade Thielen and uh, Kenneth Walker for Justin Jefferson? 16-man redraft PPR league. Uh, his roster is Burrow, CMC, Kamara, Amon Ra, Thielen, Logan Thomas, Brees Hall, Chiefs defense, Jake Elliott. So he's not even starting Kenneth Walker somehow. Holy cow. Oh my God. I- I'm not doing this trade though. I'm still not doing this. Are you doing this? Mm-hmm. This is stacked though. He does have a stack. I'm not doing it, dude. Like I, I, I get like, I get what he's trying to do. I, I, but like, I don't know if Justin Jefferson with Joshua Dobbs is going to be that much better than Adam Thielen is as it is. And then you're just throwing in Kenneth Walker. Like that's a, that's a luxury. You don't have to lose here, man. Yeah, I mean, I, to me, I, I I would rather carry that running back depth than get the wide receiver. Like, to me, yep. running backs, I mean, we've already seen CMC get a little banged up in a game, you know. Uh, but, man, CMC and Kamara, as you're starting to with K-9 or Brees in the flex, man, that's, that's studly. You know, but, I mean, I'm not sure. Let me ask you this. If you, get, if you take Thielen out, would you dish K-9 straight up for J.J.? I don't think I would. I don't think I would, honestly. I, I might would do that. Maybe. That's closer. That's close. I keep uh, feeling in the flex, bring in JJ for end of season, and I still have Kamara and CMC. That I feel better about. But Thielen and K9 for JJ, and we still don't know what that's going to look like to come back from the hammy. For JJ, I'm not in. Priceless Pigeon in the chat saying, would you do it for any elite wide receiver like Tyreek Hill or something? I probably would, but here's the thing. Here's like what you, if you are an Adam Thielen manager, you're stuck with him because no one's going to give you fair value for Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is likely going to be what he was towards the beginning of the season and throughout the season so far. A high-end wide receiver, low-end wide receiver one. And you're not going to get that value for him because he's old as dirt and he's Adam fucking Thielen. Like, like that's, that's the whole issue here. And he plays for the Panthers. So you're never going to get fair value for him. So like, would I probably like in this situation where you're not even starting Kenneth Walker? Yes, I would probably, I would probably do it for like Tyree kill. Maybe, you know, AJ Brown, like, like someone kind of in that range, but you're, you're just not getting fair value back for Adam Thielen if you, if you trade him, I think that's the bottom line. And like, it sucks, man. Like I'm in that position myself, but like, I'm just going to let, you know, let the good times roll down there in, in uh, Charlotte here. Yeah. I will say this. The reason that I am willing to trade K-9 is because history tends to repeat itself with Seattle. I've talked about it this season before. I mean, Seattle does not do a good job of protecting their running backs. And inevitably, mm-hmm. we always see injuries. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it feels like we always get freaking DJ Dallas before the end of the season. <laughs> is up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like if I can dish K-9 injury free and get a JJ or dish K-9. Because K-9, we're talking about like an elite level running back right now. Like we're not talking about somebody. Oh, Joe season, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, if you can dish that and get a wide receiver one, 
I think you should be able to go get a wide receiver one for just K9. Go get Cooper Cup after a bad week. You know, go get Puka. It, uh, it, it, you know. I'm a little worried with the Stafford injury. That's yeah, that's but the only you get thing. what I'm saying. Like yeah. there's there's people oh, out that there tier. that yeah. you can get that tier of player um, for just K9. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'm okay dishing him out of the other three personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carchizel asking about Gibbs. We did talk about Gibbs earlier in the episode, man. Go back to uh to I don't know where we were. Maybe me around the half hour mark when we were doing some candy comparisons. It was one of Tyler's. Uh, f- first one. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there, Tyler, on uh, on that deal for Priceless Pigeon. Let's go ahead. Let's round out the show, though, and talk a little uh, leftover waiver wire here. Uh, the guys you can get when we're saving that fab here in uh, week number nine. Uh, and in the scope. I have the stars in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. All right. I don't think we have to spend a ton of time on the mainstream targets. We've talked about a lot of these guys throughout the show, but I'm just going to run through them really quickly for you guys. At the quarterback position, our highest priority this week is Sam Howe. We have had this guy on our waiver wire list literally since week one. He needs to be rostered in all leagues. He is a top eight quarterback right now. He has top 12 upside rest of the season. Will Levis, we talked about him earlier as well. We're in on him uh at a fair price like i'm not going crazy five seven percent if i need a quarterback baker mayfield lower priority guy but but if he if he needs someone baker's somehow getting it done this season at the running back position we've had chuba hubbard on the list for a couple weeks now he should be added until james connor back uh, amari di mercado he's getting the opportunities he's not doing much with it but you know still averaging around seven eight eight ppr points per week uh ty j spears it's not what we thought it was going to be. The lottery ticket did not cash with Derrick Henry getting traded, but he should still be rostered. Royce Freeman, I, I think we called that one pretty good, man. Like Royce, Royce got the touchdown. Royce is going to be involved um, until we see some, some, some other running backs get healthy here in Los Angeles. Devin Singletary, Roshan Johnson, Zach Charbonnet, other guys who should be rostered at that position. Demario Douglas, we haven't touched much on him, Tyler. Um but he's going to be utilized out there. Kendrick Bourne, unfortunately, tears his ACL. And uh, we've also had Devontae Parker just banged up all season long. He exited earlier, uh, early this game in week number eight. And uh, like Juju's out there, but Demario Douglas, day three pick of the NFL draft, guy's a low eight odd receiver and could have some volume. So interested in him. Uh, Quentin Johnston. He showed some signs of life. You can go after him if you, if you feel inclined. I know we had some tight end questions earlier. Logan Thomas, Taysom Hill, Michael Mayer. Th- that's kind of how I rank these guys. And in front of all of them would be Trey McBride. Actually, yeah. my in-the-scope candidate from two weeks ago. So I was on here. We, we started to see the trend from Trey McBride uh, starting in week number six. That's when I called him out as someone to pick him up before waiver or after waivers ran then. Um, and you could have got him for free. I'm still paying up for Trey McBride, though, this week. I like him a lot um, here. I think you guys can get him. It's probably going to cost you 20%, but but you can go after Trey McBride. Um, let's go ahead and talk some in the scope, though. These are the, the candidates that you can get after waivers run. We're not spending any fab. And the goal of this segment this entire season, guys, has been, like, keep that fab in your pocket. Like, you want to keep it. If you've been listening to this show, before week one, we called out Puka Nakua. You could have got him. We, we've called out good players all season long. So, like, I think this is a really, really important segment. Tyler, I'm throwing it over to you, though, man. Who is someone you're grabbing after waivers uh, or for potentially a zero-fab bid? 
You know, I don't know if mine will actually be after waivers as much as I think that it could be. Uh, the fact that you would have to drop somebody significant to get them may keep them there. But if I have to go after somebody, I am going to get Fat Lenny. Fat Lenny. <laughs> yes. I'm yes. going to get Fat Lenny rolling up off his couch with the Snickers bar, showing up completely <laughs> out of shape, you know, and and doing it with the Bills. Because here's the thing. The Bills don't trust James Cook in the red zone. They don't trust him really nope. in any kind of like forceful position. They're like, let's get him in space if we can. You know, they're looking for that guy that can pound the football and that is also versatile. And we've seen Lenny be a good pass catcher at the same time. So it's like, you know, I took Lenny actually in a lot of best ball leagues, hoping that maybe he might get the right place to land and, you know, somewhere during the season. And, you know, Yes, signed to the practice squad, which may keep him from getting picked up immediately. He's not on active roster. That's why he's on this segment to be there after. Um, but if you can get him, it's not a bad stash. If you got the space on your roster because you've moved a couple people to IR, he's somebody that I would grab and hold just to see because we know the Bills want a they 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 want they try every, rumors where they were going after Derrick Henry. You know, they want somebody that can punch the football. And I think the thing with Leonard Fournette is like, what is he great at? He's great in the red zone. and He's great at pass catching, really. And unfortunately, this is going to hurt James Cook's value. Like, I hate to say it. I I think it is going to hurt what has already been kind of some rocky value for the Buffalo running back. Um, But yeah, I I think Fat Lenny's a guy we can kind of go after, man. And uh, (laughs) hey, maybe he's playoff Lenny before. Uh, not too long. Like he's a stash right now and a batch bench guy. You're not starting him, but we said the same thing about cream hunt a couple months ago and cream hunts, but been fine down the stretch. So bring in fresh legs. I'm excited to see what he can do in a Buffalo bills offense that gets in the red zone a lot. So great call out there from Tyler. Um, I know we're, we're, we're short on time here, but I do want to get to a couple questions real quickly. Would y'all trade Kelsey or Kamara to get Diggs and Pollard? I would do Kamara for Diggs and Pollard. I think that's a great trade. Um, I, I think Diggs is probably the best player um, in that trade if you were to do that. I'm not trading Kelsey for Diggs and, and Pollard right now, but I would definitely do Kamara there. Are you with me, Tyler? Yeah, yeah, that's fine, uh, especially if you need the wide receiver. I mean, Diggs is a top top spot to fill in that wide receiver spot spot mm-hmm. uh pollard and uh, we're only hoping you're just going to get a you're going to get a solid floor with pollard you're not going to get kamara's you know 15 targets a game so yeah yep uh one from Vito. my tight end is not great with pits and the rest of my team is solid uh should i drop roshan for ferguson Taysom, or mcbride absolutely man i think you should be going after mcbride first yeah. make him your priority roshan's fine but he's a stash man like, like it could be a three-headed rotation once we get uh, once we get Khalil Herbert back in the picture, it already is with Darrington Evans back there scoring touchdowns as well. So yeah. I, I do like Roshan, but I think it's more of a pipe dream at this point. So McBride's a priority for me there. Then if you want to get frisky, it's Taysom Hill. Uh, Ferguson looked nice this week, but, but you know, he's kind of touched down or bust at this point as well. Um, so, so that's how I'd be prioritizing those guys. Uh, appreciate the questions, Tingley and Vito. Uh, thanks for getting, making us part of you guys' Halloween. Hope you guys subscribe, come back, and hang out with us again. And I'm going to round us out here with my in, in the scope candidate, and it is none other than Khalil Shakir of the Buffalo Bills. 
talented guy. I, I think we've all seen the talent of Shakira in the NFL and in his college days as well. And now he's starting to take over that that slot role since Dalton Kincaid is out, or since Dal- Dalton Knox is Dawson Knox, excuse me, too, too, <laughs> too many D it. words going on. Um, Dawson Knox is out. That has moved Dalton Kincaid out of the slot and playing more traditional tight end snaps. And it's Khalil Shakir who has beat out Deontay Hardy for that slot role. Season high, 65% of snaps on Thursday night football. Caught six of six targets for 92 yards. Wide receiver 25 finish in week eight. And this was a game where Stephon got his, caught nine of 12 targets. And Gabe Davis got his, caught nine of 12 targets. I like him these next few weeks. He's got Cincinnati. This is a game where they're going to have to throw something new at Cincinnati. Cincinnati beat the fuck out of them last week or last year in the playoffs. They got to throw them something new. I think we're going to see some Dalton Kincaid. I think we'll see some Shakir. They haven't seen a lot of those guys here in this offense. And then the the following weeks for uh, the Buffalo Bills, Denver and the Jets. I know those are really good defenses, but they're really good defense against the outside receiver. You got Sauce, DJ Reed, and the boys for the Jets. You got Patrick Sertain and a really good group of outside cornerbacks in Denver. But you can attack the slot on both these teams. So I think we could see some Khalil Shakir. That's a guy, ran a 4-4-3, and being a target for Josh Allen is never a bad thing. Tyler, your thoughts on Shakir? He's not someone I'm spending any fab on, but if waivers run and he's still there, I'm going to scoop him the fuck up. Yeah, we got a lot of people on by this week. You know, somebody that you're needing that could have some big play upside. I mean, we saw it uh, last year, you know, it's like that that third guy getting a little bump here and there. And I think Dawson Knox being out and then not being able to run those two tight end sets helps out a lot. Uh, I do. I mean, he has clearly taken over Deontay Hardy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think it's a great grab. He's basically free. You know, and uh, so, I mean, if you're looking for somebody with the upside, if you're looking for a ceiling play, you could. I mean, the uh, 92 yards isn't nothing. I mean, and Josh Allen's throwing. They're they're throwing the ball more than they're running the ball because I don't think they're confident in the run game. There we go. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We greatly appreciate all the new faces, all the familiar faces in the chat. Easiest way to support us here at IBT Media. Give this video a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Come back. Hang out with us again. And check out our website. We got so much good content between lifestyle, entertainment, fantasy sports, and sports betting. And Tyler, I know the easiest way to support you as well, my friend, is going over and checking out the great community you and your team at the Fantasy Football Advice Network are building at fantasyfootballadvice.com. Com, am I correct? Yes. Come over fantasyfootballadvice.com. Follow us on Twitter at, at, at FF Advice Network. And if for some reason we weren't able to get to your questions in this broadcast, Fantasy Football Advice Network has a show yes. right after this, which is a question answer show uh, for your week, getting your weekly week started called the Weekly Kickoff. Just search Fantasy Football Advice Network on Twitter. You'll see it. We'll be live and less than five minutes (laughs) there we go there we go well make sure you guys are checking out tyler open up a new tab on youtube or on twitter and check them out thank you guys so much for coming along this ride halloween was awesome this year kicking it with the ibt family kyle i appreciate you in the back end all the good vibes coming from the chat as well enjoy the rest of the halloween enjoy your waiver wire run and the beginning of your week number nine we'll be back on friday at 2 p.m eastern time uh with our start sit show until then you guys know what to do keep it in between (laughs) 